human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept. And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from absolutely gorgeous Scottsdale, Arizona. And we're going to have such a fun show for you today. We're going to be talking about NDEs or near-death experiences. And I, I know that doesn't sound like fun, but actually um, there's a great deal of joy in it. If you haven't read the book, Proof of Heaven, by Dr. Eben Alexander, I really encourage you to do that. I avoided it because I've already read so many, but this one is absolutely at the top of the list. Literally, it's the top of the New York Times bestseller list since it was published in October, and it's still number two on their list after 19 weeks, which says it's a really good book. It reads like a novel and gives you so much information and so much hope about what happens when we die. We didn't really hear much about this experience until 1975 when Dr. Raymond Moody created the term near-death experience and wrote the book Life After Life. Now, that doesn't mean those experiences weren't had. It just means that nobody really paid attention to them or believed that they were real. Go to the self-improvement blog. You'll see a review of Proof of Heaven. You'll also see our guest's picture and bio and a, a little bit about his experience. And you'll see an article on NDE. So, you know, take a look there. Um, spend a little time there every day if you can. I have three dear friends who've had near-death experiences. Laura Cam's been on the show before. She had an abscess at the base of her brainstem and died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And she talks about looking down and see, seeing her body in the ambulance on the gurney. Uh, her book, Intuitive Wellness, tells about it. It's a great book. Um, and uh, Serenity Stewart, this wonderful young woman, had a massive brain hemorrhage and came back. And our guest today, Donnie Tash, each of them had um, a serious life change afterwards. Laura Cam, who was already very intuitive, came back with heightened intuition and the ability to see right into your body. She can see bacteria in your body. She can see diseased organs, um, all kinds of things. And, you know, she is now, she was able to interpret what she saw. Some people can see it, but they don't know what it is. She was able to interpret it. She's now a remarkable medical intuitive, now works with a number of physicians. She's a noted energy healer and has used the gifts she came back with extensively. Serenity Stewart is, uh, has a different, totally different story. You know, she's a very talented singer who dropped all thought of developing her talent because she had to support her children. She had to make a living. After her brain hemorrhage, she 
came back dedicated to living her life to the fullest. Her children are grown now. She's just recently released her first album, and she's giving concerts all over the world. She's remarkably, remarkably gifted as a singer. They all share in what Dr. Moody lists as some characteristics that are common to everyone who's had a near-death experience. Characteristics such as a feeling of peace and painlessness during the experience, having an out-of-body experience, feeling like they traveled through a tunnel, a feeling of rising into the heavens, uh, you know, the, the being surrounded with bright light, you know, seeing people that they've known on earth, you know, such as uh, dead relatives. Many meet a spiritual being, such as God, Jesus, whoever they believed in while they were on this lifetime. Um, a feeling of reluctance to return to life. Now, that does not describe everybody. And you will find that it doesn't totally describe Donnie Tash and his experience. Today, he's going to tell us about that. Donnie Tash is a retired psychotherapist who specialized in cognitive behavioral therapy and was a certified addiction counselor. After retirement, he moved to Arizona with the intention of traveling the world. Well, that just hasn't happened yet. While recuperating from a routine surgical procedure, he lapsed into a coma and had a near-death experience. He came back to tell about it, and in the process, he co-founded the website, thepsychiclibrary.com, which is an interactive and educational site dedicated to the psychic metaphysical realm, and you'll learn why he did that. He literally moved from being a psychotherapist to a psychic medium. Donnie, you've been on before. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Good to be back. Thank you for having me back again. Oh, it's so wonderful, and I'm so glad to get to talk about this, especially since Dr. Alexander's book came out, because everybody's experience is different. Exactly. I remember talking to you after you read this book, and you were just a little disturbed that your experience wasn't just like that. Um, <laughs> exactly. He experienced some lovely things that you didn't. But for those of you who, for those who didn't hear your story the first time you were on the show, tell us a little bit about your life up to the NDE. Well, um, I was practicing psychotherapist in the 1980s. And part of my population wasn't only addiction. Um, I was one of the therapists that was handling um, HIV patients. And at that time, there was no drugs, no cures, nothing was out there. And I did a lot more of sort of this transformation, this moving from this realm to the next realm move, you know, what do you want to clean up before you want to go? So I worked on the other side of watching people go. It wasn't a question I was watching myself go, but eventually I got that point, to that point, you know, through the surgery complications. However, but I had a sense of the fears that people had about transitioning from this realm to, you know, our spiritual realm. 
Well, it's such an area of unknown. It was such an re- area of unknown at we that can- time. And there was very, very little hope. You know, um, some did make it. Some are still around, you know, kicking 30 years later. But a lot of them did go. And um, it was very hard, and it became very taxing on me. And you're right, I decided that, you know, I was fortunate enough that I could retire early, move out to Arizona. And I did get some traveling, and we did do a lot of traveling. Um, However, we had, um, for a while, wanted uh, to get out of Arizona, and we moved over to California for a very short time. And what had happened was um, I had a hernia that needed repair. And so I came back to Arizona. I didn't want to have surgery there or whatever. And um, they put in this mesh. And I'm watching one of those TV commercials from one of those law firms. If you've had this mesh put in, call, you know, one of those things. Right. So I call up the doctor. I said, what type mesh do I have? And, you know, bingo, I was the winner. (laughs) I had it in. So I had it in me for a couple years, and the decision was made that we need to take this out because parts of it were invading my intestine. And I was having a hard time with it. So in 2008, I made the decision to have the surgery, have it removed, and have a new one put in. I checked into the hospital, on, and I know exactly the dates. <laughs> this is the only thing I really know about it totally, <laughs> that I checked in on the 5th, and I remember saying to everybody that was around me, I don't have a good feeling about this. Oh. I just had a gut feeling this wasn't going to be good. And what happened was, um, I lapsed into a coma for 14 days. Something went horribly wrong during the surgery. And within those 14 days, there was a lot of different experiences. You know, like you had mentioned, people reuniting with departed relatives and friends and receiving messages, feeling it all over peacefulness and protection. And almost, well, one I could relate to is time, time standing still, um, seeing bright lights um, I can relate to, hearing beautiful music or frightening sounds. I can go with the frightening sounds. <laughs> so, um, while, you, one, while you're in the coma, you could hear frightening sounds. It was that's exactly what had happened. And now, when let me ask talk, you this. A, a hospital room can be so noisy and, you know, people drop stuff, they talk, um, all kinds of things happen and they think that you can't hear anything. Do no. you think that was part of what you were hearing or was it no. something? No, what, what okay. was happening is, and I, and the minute I woke up from the coma, I told everybody, don't talk to people in comas, I didn't hear you. Don't, don't don't waste your time. You know, that's only for your feeling good, you know, that hopefully they're hearing you. But I was kind of joking about it. I've had kind of an off sense of humor all my life. But, um, yeah, that was my first word out of my mouth. That was the first word. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to people in comas. They don't hear. But what happened was my experience was quite of the frightening one. Um, the room 
whiter than bright white. I can't explain how white it could be. And I was up in the corner of the wall looking down at my body on all this equipment. And the scary part was I didn't know what was holding me up. I'm not Spider-Man. I felt like I was at the top of the roller coaster tracks before you take that big 90-degree drop. Um, and all I wanted to do was get safely back in my body. Now, when was when did this happen in terms of your coma? How long had you been in the coma when this I happened? think this was really pretty much at the beginning of it. Okay. Because after that, once I got back in that bed... For some reason, I was, like, gone for a while, gone for a while. And then at one point, I started coming to, however, the doctors induced the coma again. They didn't feel I was ready. And I remember coming to, seeing my feet, well, it was pretty much like um, proof of heaven. My feet were distorted. I was like an orangish color. I had no idea where I was. I had nothing, and then they put me back in the coma. And that was about a week and a half into it. And when I went back into that, this is when they talk about seeing loved ones. I couldn't actually make out these people. It was somewhat of like a hologram that was very blurry. You know, a lot of times when you watch these uh, shows where, you know, they're detectives and they show a picture of somebody in the window where you really can't make the face out. Right. But, you know, it would look very familiar to me. My mother had had brain cancer and she went through... um, radiation and she lost a lot of her hair so she used to wear a wig i could make out this type wig and then a shorter woman which i'm sure was her mother and i just i remember looking to the left of the bed and just saying please leave i'm not going on that thought i want to take us to break so we can talk uninterrupted when we come back this is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and Donnie Tash, my guest, talking about near-death experience. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. I'm Martine Rudin, Chief Marketing Officer of Macy's. We're a proud supporter of the March of Dimes. Walking in March for babies is always special. But with your help, we can make this year better than ever as we celebrate 75 years of March of Dimes breakthroughs for babies. Join us in March for Babies to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. 
Start your team today at marchforbabies.org and March to Help Babies. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the Self Improvement Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Donnie Tesh, and we're talking about near-death experiences. Um, Donnie, Dr. Um, Alexander talked about going into the light and having this experience of riding on a butterfly's wing with a beautiful young woman, but you didn't have any experience like that, did you? No. In fact, you know, while I was reading that book, it became more of a mystery. <laughs> For me, after a while, you know, who was the lady on the wing, who was, you know, who were, who were all the characters, which, you know, he makes pretty clear, and I'm not going to give away the book. Uh, you the know, story, what you, know. you didn't say about your experience that you've told me is how you felt hanging up in that wall. You look right. down at your body and, and what? One word I could use is terrified. Just Terrified. How was gonna? How was I gonna get back in that bed? How was gonna either hang onto that wall? How was I gonna fall? What was going to happen to me? And what did and, happen? And I just said, I want to get back in my body. And then the next thing I knew, I was in that body, and then I was gone for a while again. See, what I think is so remarkable about this is that you had such a strong desire not to go to the other side. Your desire was to get back into your body, not to go. Absolutely. And you had such a strong intention to stay that you really didn't go. Well, I guess it's one of the curses of being a caregiver. (laughs) You didn't go. You couldn't ride on a butterfly because you didn't go. Right. I wasn't, you you know, I wasn't fortunate enough to get a butterfly ride. You know, no, I got. You, you got back in your body. You crawled back I was, in. I it. was on more of a roller coaster ride than a butterfly ride, which is a very, you know, beautiful, dainty, you know, type of flight. But, you know, what really, um, hit me was that fear of seeing your body almost dead. You know, the, your the, body was dead, was it? It was dead at that point because what happened was they had um, told um, um, my family members that were all there that he's not going to make it through the night. And um, from what I've been told, hospice was in there. Um, they were trying to prepare everybody to expect this. I mean, death that's going to happen. And, um, and I'm sorry for the humor, but you're up there hanging on the wall saying, how do I get back? And they're right. talking about And they're me. talking about me dying, you know, and I don't hear any of this conversation going on other than I'm 
You know, maybe I'm just too strong-willed, or God just didn't want to deal with me yet. <laughs> he was ready to put up with me at that point. I've been, you know, kind of a little troublemaker sometimes in my life, so maybe it just wasn't ready for me, you know, at that point um, to meet my maker. You know, so, but anyways, the um, the fear that I felt, you know, if we're going to go back to that part of it, was just, it it, it, it was beyond belief. But well, you had all kinds of emotions running, didn't you? Right, because it's light. I was in this room that had the whitest of whitest light. Like if you bleach something in the water, you know, you put it in bleach and it comes out white, white. That's how white this light was. So somewhere I was peeking through or light was shining down on me or whatever. But I, you know, I wrote in the website that I was once told, you know, if you're going to pray to God, thank him for everything he's given you, everything he's taken away, and everything he's left you with. And that's very important to this whole story. Um, I asked. I wanted to get down there. My will was strong, and I was back in my body. Then, as I said, you know, about a week and a half later, I woke up again. They induced the coma. I saw those people. I wasn't ready to go. They were checking on me. I really, truly believe they were checking on me. They weren't there to take me, to comfort me, or anything, just to take a look and see what's going on. That's Did that exactly. comfort you in any way, or what was your reaction to that? No, my reaction them? to that was, you know, you could leave now. <laughs> it was actually like, you know, vision visitors, you know, that old expression. I said, I think, you know, you can go. I'm going to be fine. And I kept telling myself I was going to be fine, that I wasn't ready. That's exactly, you know, the whole time I was just saying I wasn't ready. Now, going back to, you know, uh, Proof of Heaven and his whole ordeal and the, it's almost, as I said, like a mystery story that goes on, mine was nothing like that. And it was sort of like a little angering for me because right. most of the stuff that I read was all this beautiful stuff about near-death experience. Nobody was writing about bad experiences. But, you know, there, there are bad experiences. Some right. people you right. Know, say but, they, you know, they, they experienced the, hell or a lot of anger or, right. you know, well, all kinds you know, of One of the most upheaval. interesting groups, you know, as we were researching all this, because, you know, I wanted to find out more, you know, what's going on. One of the populations that really gets enlightened are suicides. People that have attempted suicide. Uh, the majority of the people that have, you know, been on the other side and come back do not attempt suicide anymore. You know, they don't want to do it anymore. They've learned a lesson, a life's purpose. There's something that have guided them. And I think that's very interesting. You know, that you learn some value to life. And I think that was the same thing, you know, as the doctor experience, some value to life. 
What would you say the key value that they come back with, uh, you know, is? What is there a commonality? Yeah, there's more to be done. Those that come back, there's more to be done. And no matter, you know, how willful you think you are or whatever, I don't know if I made that choice, you know, but maybe that choice was made. He's got more things to do. And he, we're just not ready for him, as, as I kept yeah. saying, you know. We, yeah, let's give him some more time back. down there. I mean, it, it, it sounds to me like you were right at the door. The light was coming through it. And you said, right. I'm not going. No, no. I've packed, no. but I'm not going. I'm not getting no. on that and, train. You know, and if that was mom and grandma, hi, it was great to see you, you know, rest in peace. <laughs> that was kind of exactly. it. Leave me alone. I'm taking charge. You know, so, you know, it was just, um, you Did know, you I, come I think, back. You know, many come back with the idea that they're here on this planet to do something and to do it with great love. Exactly. Was that something you came back with? Well, I wasn't aware of that. When I first came out of the coma, I mean, my first worries were learning to walk again. Um, I was having language problems. Um, I couldn't think of words. Um, I was using different languages. You know, it was just, it, it, I was a mess. And um, I knew this was going to take some time, you know, this whole recovery and so I got more of a map of what we were going to do with me, you know what I mean, as far as, you know, my physical therapy, my occupational therapy. I mean, so, so much stuff was going on. And, and one thing I can totally identify with a doctor was that when you come out of this coma, you hear these machines. You hear everything that's been keeping you alive, and it's very frightening. Oh, I would think, I mean, a hospital room, when you have somebody who's in critical condition, is very noisy. Oh, You're yeah, it's very, very all noisy. Kinds there of was stuff. a lot of people in and out of the room. They were, you know, checking things. And, you know, as I said, it was all very, I, I told you, it was like waking up, you know, with somebody else's glasses or in somebody else's skin. I had no idea what was going on around me. Did you know who you were? Yes. And that's one of the things Dr. Alexander did not know because his brain was so affected, his neocortex was so affected. He didn't know who he was, but you knew who you were. I knew who I was, and I never lost sight of that during the whole coma. After you saw your mother and, and who you think is your grandmother, how long then was it before you came out of that coma? Probably another four days. And And... And, and then you realize you had a I lot kind of work of to do. Just them. To... I, maybe three days. Um, that's when I said, excuse me, I'm not ready to go with you. Yeah, and I, that was all conversation in my head. So at that point, I started realizing I can have conversations in my head. Yes. You know, where I didn't need verbal you know, because at that point, when I woke up, I still had pipes down my throat. You know, it was keeping me alive. Right. Were so, you able to communicate? You were able to receive messages. Were you able to give messages through your head? Um. Well, I think they caught on in the sense of, like, 
I'm going to be fine. You know, you don't need to stay here, you know, and things are going to get under control, and I'm going to make it. And um, I just felt so strong about that, that no matter what they're going to deal me, I'm going to make it. And um, I think part of the, you know, the, my as I thought, you know, right away, well, I got to learn to walk, I got to learn to talk again, I got to learn how to write. You know, I had lost a lot of my writing ability. There was so much I had to learn. And how long did it take you to do that before you were really able to function more independently? It was probably about six months. It's a, that's a lot of work. That was a lot <laughs> that's of work. That's a lot fact, of work. They had sent me to um, one of those uh, rehab places to go, and I kept, I, I remember waking up being as stubborn as ever. I said, I don't want to go there. I don't have a good feeling about it. Please don't send me there. And the social worker says, oh, no, we have to. We have to send you there. Well, what happened was they sent me there, and the second night there, I was back in the ER, back on life support, um, so I had another little touch with almost going again, and they pulled me through it. You really just really wanted oh, to fought. stay here, didn't you? I fought. Oh, I really that, feel. No. I really I feel. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how this whole experience has changed you. This yeah. is Irene Conlon with the Self Improvement Show, and my guest Donnie Tash saying, "Come back. There'll be more soon." Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio. Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. Today we're talking with Donnie Tash about his near-death experience and about Dr. Eben Alexander's book, uh, Proof of Heaven. Uh, when Dr. Alexander came back from his experience, he came back with a number of changes and set up a, a, a I guess, company called Eternia, a foundation to further what he calls the emergence of science and spirituality. Everybody I know that's had a near-death experience has come back really changed with a whole new attitude toward life. And and, and I know you did too, Donnie. Tell us about the changes that oh, you... Oh, it was so major. Um, first of all, being a psychotherapist, I wanted to make sure, you know, things were different. Um, as... I came back with psychic abilities. It's a long trip from being a psychotherapist. The psychic abilities, absolutely. The opposite end of the pole. (laughs) So, you know, coming back with that, I could not find much information, you know, that dealt with that um, in the sense of, making it easy to understand what it is to be psychic uh, without getting into some esoteric-type writing, you know. How did and, you know you were psychic? Well, when I was learning to walk again, I had a walker and a lady that would help me walk, and I used to put my little dog in the cart on the walker. And as I started walking near people, I was hearing things or picking up things about them. Now, I really didn't want to stop them and ask them, is this going on with you? Is this going, you know, or, you know, is is this what... Tell us somebody was sad or if they were in pain or... Right, right. And I could feel some of that. That person's miserable. That person's hurt. That person has lost a child. I was able to pick up on stuff like that. And... Probably the creme de la creme that really gave it all to me was I was walking, and I talk about this on the other side. It's like a library. And I had like an 8-millimeter movie playing in my head. And one of my friend's aunt had died, and she just, this movie played, and she said, I'm worried about, Jeff, and that's her son. And I'm also very sad about my granddaughter. So I wanted to finally test the waters, see what's going on, if I'm right or I'm wrong. And what happened was we had called um, Aunt Betty's uh, sister, who stays in touch with the kids, and asked her, is anything wrong with Chuck? She said, oh, no, no, he's going in for uh, hip surgery. And and Betty, during the 8-millimeter shot thing, was, I'm worried about the blood, about the blood. Well, the day later, the phone rings. How did Donnie know about the blood infection? And Heidi lost the baby. So I got confirmation in small doses. How'd you feel about that? I mean, that here you're getting messages from dead el- people. I was elated. I was elated 
because I used to love watching people like John Edward and all those. <laughs> right. I mean, I <laughs> now I those, am one. I, look at I bought all those tapes to try to learn to be psychic and all that stuff like that. Well, let me tell you something. You either got it or you don't. That's like show business. And, um, you know, I think that we can work on our intuition and build it, and I talk about that. That's the, you know, the key to all psychic abilities, our intuition. But things were growing. And when I say growing, the information was growing and becoming more and more exact, if that's the proper word to use, exact. So when we started this project of Psychic Library and going through things, I wanted to know what type of psychic I am. Who am I? What am I? What do you call me? Clairvoyant, whatever. And we finally figured out I'm called an evidential psychic medium. And that's one that gives dates, names, birth dates, uh, details that only the people would know. They give evidence. So that's why it's pretty much called evidential. Now, how and, do Voice in your head? Do you see something or? Oh, absolutely. When, you know, I, it, it's come to the point now, as the years are going on now from this thing, I'm starting to understand how the messages are coming through. Because it used to be like a garbled cell phone. You know what I mean? Where now, if, you know, all of a sudden somebody asks me about somebody, I will know right away if that person's a namesake. This person is a namesake. You know, somebody that has passed. Um, and in fact, I just did a, um, a book club for this book. And there were, I didn't realize these two girls were sisters and there was two guys in between. And, um, one of the messages that was coming through from a guy was tossing around a football and t- trophies and then the guy next to him had a younger guy next to him that was showing me some type of ball. I didn't, you know, know exactly what it was, but then as I figured it out, it looked like a bowling ball. And he goes, yes, it's my brother who's passed. And, you know, it got deeper with that. But then when I said Aunt Mary Margaret, or a name like that that came through, sends her love, the two sisters broke up crying. Just to hear... They're still loved. You know that life and love do not end the way we think it does. And and, and isn't that what we all really want to know? That we're absolutely, going to, you know, absolutely. that we're going to meet these people. That we're not going to to stop existing. We're going to see these wonderful people again. It, you yeah. also came back with the ability to communicate with animals, didn't you? Yeah. I, How I did you know that? How did you know you were talking to well, a dog? Well, when I was learning whatever. to walk, you know, on the sidewalk here, and, you know, I had my little dog in the basket, um, it would be like, it'd be like a little kindergarten kid coming home and telling you everything that went on that day in kindergarten. Like, no matter, they don't make, you know, they, they can't tell you enough. You know, and they're 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 rambling and they're they're just going on. And 
what happened was I started doing readings for rescued animals, you know, give them a little background of, you know, where they're from, what they went through. And I found that to be very rewarding, very rewarding, because it gives people more of an understanding about their their pets' behaviors and stuff like that. So, and animals, as I said, out of the mouth of babes, I love them. I love them. There, there isn't a thing that won't hold back and tell you. I have to laugh because the first time I met you, you were at the gathering over in Tempe at Sweeha, and I've never, I've been at that thing for any number of years, and I've never seen a dog in the place. And that day, dogs were coming from everywhere. Oh, I loved it for you. I, I know, I loved it. It was just so wonderful. And each one had a better story to tell about the next one. Well, I get my meals cooked. You know, they're, they're like bragging. You know, they have bragging rights. And there was a little chihuahua. This one lady had brought me a little chihuahua. And I said, you have several more dogs. You know, and he quite fancies a big dark one. She goes, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. And, yes, this dog loves this dog. They're, un- they're inseparable. So, you know, people were validating what I was finally talking about, you know, and and getting to the point. So part of the, you know, one of the things, too, was people would show me pictures of their pets on their cell phone or whatever. I'm able to pick up stuff that way, too. A lot of people call it psychometry, you know, through a picture or, uh, you you know, something that it was worn by an animal or a collar by an animal and it works with people too the same way so you know i was given many gifts if somebody comes to you right right out of the blue you never saw them before Mm -hmm. and they want you to do a reading Mm -hmm. can you generally connect with the person they want to know about well that's what's been so strange lately um as i'm going somebody will come up to me say so and so wants to meet you and i'll say oh she's the one that lost so and so a uh, child interesting so i mean even with the you know i usually need the full name uh which sounds kind of fishy but you know there's a lot of carols out there and stuff like that exactly. but when i get the two names together it's sort of like it it opens the you know it opens the key to the vault you know, the information. So um, that's what's really gotten stronger. It, you know, the, the gift just on. keeps going deeper, doesn't it? Yeah, it keeps going deeper. And, you know, one of the reasons for the website, too, was, you know, that we created Psychic Library was just because stuff keeps going deeper and deeper. But I wanted to keep it simple. I wanted to keep it so simple. You know, that anybody from Mars could read it. You know I, mean? I want to talk more about the Psychic Library when we come back from break, so let's do that now. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and my guest, Donnie Tash, saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
best-selling authors, find tantalizing new books, learn the latest healthy living tips, and be inspired to coach yourself to success on Star Style. Be the star you are every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on World Talk Radio. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her health hero daughter, Heather Brittany, fire up the airwaves with upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Come play with us. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. We've been talking with Donnie Tash, who's been sharing with us his near-death experience, how it, you know, how, how it went, what he learned from it, uh, how he changed in the process. And one of the things that he's done since then that's really a wonderful help for all kinds of people is the Psychic Library. Donnie, tell us how people can reach you, and then let's talk a little bit about the Psychic Library. Well, I can be reached through PsychicLibrary.com, and we have our Psychic Library readers. We only have a handful because we didn't want to be like a um, phone bank. What, so, what do these readers do? What kind of readers do you have? We have everything from past life to angel readers um, to astrology to tarot. So we kind of cover all the areas. And as I said, we do not have, you know, a 100 people sitting on phone banks charging, a, you know, an extra $2.99 for the next minute. And trying you know? to keep you talking. Sorry? Yeah, to keep you talking. To keep you talking. <laughs> yes, to keep you talking. That's not how it is. You know, we have rates on there when you go to the psychic library readers. And you know what? We don't sit with a stopwatch or anything like that. I mean, we quote a half hour reading and if it takes forty five minutes, it takes forty five minutes. You know, how we want people get to get a reading the message. with you. I'm sorry? How do people get a reading with you? Um, through the library. Um, you go to the Psychic Library Readers, and um, you just choose what type of reading you want. You know, I do it via Skype in person if you're in the Phoenix area, um, or by telephone. I really prefer either Skype or in person, and um, that way I get to see people, their reactions. Um, I like to watch people, you know, as we're talking. Do you, when you have a group of people, and I think I heard you say this while ago, do you get messages while you're speaking about individuals in the audience? And if you do, oh, God, yes. how do you know who they're for? 
Well, I get pulled. I get pulled towards somebody. You know, I'm saying I'm getting pulled over here. And people on the other side kind of like line up and some are allowed. They really want to be heard, don't they? They want to be heard. They absolutely want to be heard. And sometimes it's just a quick message. But usually when I'm doing a group, say 20 people, 10 people, whatever, when there's a message to be said, it will pull me in the direction of the individual. Or if somebody, you know, because they usually open, you know, with a lot of, you know, allow people questions and answers. So if somebody asks a question and I start picking up while I'm talking to this person, well, they're going to get a psychic reading. <laughs> so exactly. Sometimes it's hit or miss, you know, when it comes to groups. Um, but basically, you know, as I said, you just go to psychiclibrary.com to um, the drop-down menu, Psychic Readers, where there's in the welcome page a little picture with an eye and um, sort of like a crystal ball. And there's all different types of readings that are available. Now, this so, is a remarkable website. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I wish and, everybody would at least take a look at it. You know, there, there are a lot of things on this earth we cannot explain, and exactly. some of the things Donnie tries to address and addresses extremely well without getting into some of the what we would consider more woo-woo <laughs> aspects. Right. And I don't have any problem with that. I just like things... Um, done a little more like they're done in the psychic library. It's a very Thank high you. quality, very informative website, and, and I would encourage you to take a look at it. Um, what else do you have on there? You have so many wonderful. We things. have, so, yeah. We we cover everything from angels to you know the other side. Um, we talk about the auras and the chakras and what all that stuff means, but it's written, as I said, in a very simple way. You know, when I was trying to find out all this information, I had to go to 10, 15 different websites or into old used bookstores to find any information. Exactly. And it had me running all over the web. So one of the things we decided it was on a fluke to put in a palmistry room and, you know, all the different meanings of the lines and things. I mean, that's our number one hit room all the time, <laughs> the palmistry okay. room. It's, like, infamous. And a couple of the school boards have allowed us now to be a reference for their students when it comes to, like, superstitions and stuff like that. We do our work. You know, Adrian. Silverman, my partner, is absolutely incredible with her research and her writing. And, you know, we make sure that everything makes sense and it's easy reading and that, you know, this isn't written over anybody's head. This is for the person that just wants to know what it's all about. And you don't talk down to people either, you know, which is not, I don't know how you manage to... I'm going to use this expression, reach a happy medium. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Happy medium. Well, actually, I'm a pretty happy medium. <laughs> I'm pretty happy but you medium. did it. So basically, you've had quite a journey from going from a psychotherapist to a psychic medium. Standing Would you up ever a, want to go back to not having these Standing up with a psychic website. I mean, it was, uh, you know, mind, body, and spirit.
you know, all out there to make it easy for people to understand. See, I think what we forget about is that we're mind, body, and spirit. You just, you know, you just put us all together. We're holistic. Exactly. Um, and, and we have no problem dealing with the mind, and we have no tr- problem dealing with things of the body. But Not when it comes to things of the spirit, we don't want to hear it because it all seems so way out. You know, in our learning room, we wrote an article about spirituality. Now, that's one of the hardest things to write about because everybody has a different look at it. But we had to figure out a way to explain spirituality in a way that won't be offensive to anybody and can be easily understood. And that is basic, the whole basis of Psychic Library, that nothing is offensive, that people can understand it, and you don't want to feel like an idiot not understanding what we're writing about. Right. That was yeah, what's one. funny to me is that we see all these programs about the paranormal and ghosts and all kinds of programs oh, that have ghosts on them. But when it comes down to it, we really, we really don't want to hear that much. And no, are, are no, we, we reject it because you can't prove it on paper. I hate to interrupt the hostess, but I got to tell you something. When Marilyn Monroe shows up on Celebrity Ghost Stories, then I'll believe it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Donnie, we're right up to the end of the show. Oh, What's God, I love just thought? love talking with you again. What's the final thought you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, I think the final thought is, like, you never know what tomorrow holds for you. And do the best with what you can today and be grateful. I think gratitude is a very important attitude to, you know, walk around with. We all carry burdens. And I think the most important thing is that we just have to take a look at ourselves, what we can improve, what we have to let be, and how we can make life better for some other people. It's get out of ourselves. We've become a very selfish society, and I think it's getting out of ourselves and helping people. And isn't it interesting that everybody that comes back from a near-death experience is dedicated in their own way to helping other people? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important to me. It's so important to me to share it this. Is important. Next week's guest is Dr. Vicki Burkus who's going to talk to us about, get this, it's an addiction I don't have, exercise addiction. Mm. Um, you know, think about it. How many hours are you compelled to stay in the gym? This is Irene Conlon with my guest, doctor. doctor I just made you a doctor, Donnie. Like, <laughs> and you are. My guest, Donnie Tash, saying thank you for being with us today, and I invite you to come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.